Welcome to Bittersweet Ramblings. This is a podcast taking a look at relationships as viewed through an art form, like a film, a story, a music video, or various TV shows. In this case, I'm going to be taking a look at cooking shows, something that uh, is unusual to me because the two main parts of cooking involve taste and smell, and you can't you don't have access to either of those senses when you're watching something on a TV screen. So let's get started. Cooking is an art form. It feeds the world and, you know, all that junk. The work that goes into it is subtle and it's carefully thought out. It takes practice and it takes creativity. It's basically a working chemistry experiment in the middle of your home. I mean, hopefully you use less sulfur, but it's, it's chemistry at its finest. I mean, to me, it's almost like alchemy. You're taking a couple of pieces of... You're, you're taking things that don't belong together and making something completely new out of them. It's sorcery. I've wondered if someone who was really good at cooking in the wrong time frame was ever accused of witchcraft. Like... Like, if someone was coming over for dinner, and you knew who they were, would there be some times when you would make everything taste like paste so that you wouldn't be setting yourself up for a stoning? You know, Sister Hildith was upset that your mashed potatoes were a little fluffier than hers, and she couldn't help but notice that she came home to a wilted plant. And then... Pastor Bernard noticed that you made soup without cabbage, and that's just not done. And then he went home and noticed that his water glass looked like it had moved about an inch from where he'd originally set it. So we're all pretty sure that you've been consorting with Satan. But don't worry, we have two outstanding options for you. Option one, you're going to have to confess and be ostracized from all your friends and family in this deeply religious area. Or you can go with option two, die to prove you're innocent. So. Really, it's just you choosing which option you want to go with, because it has to be one of these two. And it would all be because Pastor Bernard and Sister Hildith were pissy that your food was better. Because you're not obsessed with cabbage. You really have to keep your guard up around cabbage eaters. One of the reasons that I appreciate cooking so much is because, to me, cooking is one of life's great mysteries. I mean, you throw water, a bunch of random stuff that's pulled from dirt, and a dead bird into a pot, I mean, preferably without the feathers. And then you take some crumbled up weeds and you make something edible. And, and not just edible, but like delicious. And one of the most important takeaways for me with cooking is that it is a mystery that I do not want to solve. I am gleefully unaware of how to cook. It brings me joy not to put together recipes and stand over a stove. Just let me revel in my own ignorance on this one. I'm much, much happier that way. I do not like to cook. I do not need to learn how to cook. My takeout and my delivery ordering skills are superb. I am very familiar with the local deli sections of the grocery stores, and I microwave like a pro. Like, keep metal out of the microwave. Check. Plus 30 seconds button. Got it down. Microwave on 50% power. Got it covered. I know how to do it all. I mean, I don't 
actually microwave anything on half power because why would you do that? It's in the microwave because I want it done now, not like half done later. But if I wanted to do the stupid half power nonsense, I could. As a self-appointed master of the microwave, I am pretty much an expert on this stuff. For me, cooking doesn't have the best connotations. When I was growing up, all the guys got to go outside and play around and all the girls had to stay in the house and clean and cook. And it's not that I minded doing it so much as I minded the fact that I was expected to do it. And then you would have some guys who would sort of stroll in when you were trying to make something and start advising you on how to cook it. And they wouldn't help. And they probably hadn't made anything like it. But they always had tons of fucking advice to give when they sat on their asses watching you. So I would be stuck doing something I fucking hate with a bunch of dickheads sitting on their asses drinking beer and giving advice. I wonder why I didn't stick around the old hometown. It's a mystery. So one of the things that I found over the years is that presentation is just sort of spackling to cover the holes. I mean, just, just really there to make it look pretty. Trust me, I have won enough musical chair games where the prize was to pick a cake to know that presentation doesn't count for shit. Like, nothing like biting into a piece of cake to find out that the baker was covering up the taste with that stupid fluffy pink frosting that was just like whipped lard. Like, hiding a cake that tasted like a dried sponge. A dried sponge that absorbed every last bit of saliva from your mouth just left you as parched as the Mojave Desert after the first bite. I will never forget the ill fate the baking gods handed to me on that day. Because you can fake making something look nice, but you can't fake the taste or the smell of it. There can be something that has an outstanding presentation that tastes like and has the texture of dog hair brined in expired mayonnaise. Or, you know, it could be some slimy, gross, weird sandwich that was in theory turkey on bread, and then the bread ended up being stale, and there was something related to butter on the turkey. Like wheel of death from work, I congratulate you. You have earned your moniker. How can you screw up a turkey sandwich? It's turkey and bread. Like, don't get me wrong, I powered through it because I was really hungry and I didn't want to walk the four flights of stairs, but the feeling of it oozing down my throat with each sludgy bite is not something I will soon forget. I really don't even like the word presentation. It's like they're trying to over-formalize a school play. Also, if you do enough presentations at work, the word is enough to raise the bile in your throat. The only time I've really liked the word was that old HBO introduction they used to play before like big feature movies. Like the one from 1983 where the camera like went through the fake town and then, you know, up to the stars. HBO feature presentation, just like you can find it on YouTube and it still brings me joy. I'm still trying to figure out how to play it in front of movies just to make watching them at home feel like a more of an event. Also, as far as presentation go, I appreciate cake decorating and stuff and making things look lovely. And if you truly enjoy doing it, that is great. But after a cake sits out for six hours while you get the curlicues right, how is that going to taste? Also, some of these decorations seem to involve a lot of touching. Not, I'm not big on all the food touching. 
They probably washed their hands out of coming out of the bathroom, and they maybe didn't sweat all over everything. And maybe they cleaned underneath their nails, and their hair was washed and not dangling in their faces. But there's always that one baker. So I really don't get cooking shows. Because presentation means so little to me, cooking shows aren't a big draw. What is the point if you cannot smell and taste the food? Food is intrinsically tied to smell and taste, and you can't get that from a television or a movie screen. And in those shows, because you can't smell and taste it, the host or the judges or the narrators have to explain to you how it tastes. And the references they use have to be common enough for people to have smelled or tasted it before. And sometimes they just sound fucking weird because there are only so many ways you can describe a chocolate cake. You're also trying to pull someone else's memories of smells and tastes to describe what something is like. It's just weird and it's going to be a little different for everybody. Oh, here's a jalapeno marmalade marshmallow with sour cream topping that just sets off the taste against the beef jerky base. And that touch of cedar bark. Amazing. You know, some of the judges are just making shit up to keep it interesting and to possibly keep their like favorites in the running if it's like one of those judging shows. It is like having someone from a radio program describe like a dreamscape in one of those really color-soaked movies. It's like having someone describe the landscapes in the movie What Dreams May Come. It's not going to be the same as seeing it. You can't experience a painting through someone else's eyes. You can't experience really what depths there are to it if you don't have a reference point. And even then, even if they describe it perfectly, you're still not going to see it the way they would because everyone's perceptions and experiences feed into what they see and how they see it. Just like someone's view of something will be different from the person standing next to them, their sense of smell and what they like are going to be different. Even where you were born complained of what you like and what you don't. Places closer to the equator have spicier food, and people are used to spicier food. Because food is more likely to spoil in hotter climates. It's more likely to grow bacteria. But the spice in the food will actually kill some of the bacteria that's growing on it. So you get used to that, and it's healthier for you in that environment. So the smell and the taste and the feel of it are a huge part of the sensory system. Can you imagine how much you would miss if you didn't have them? Or how you wouldn't be able to sort out what you shouldn't touch or shouldn't eat? Like, how do you know if there's a gas leak in your house? Or if a cat pissed in your hat? And all of these tastes and smells and textures, they're deeply tied to our memories. How many times have you caught the scent when walking through a crowd and flash back to something from the past? Like something unexpected. You are at an event or a movie and all of a sudden you catch a whiff of sort of a hot apple cider and you flash back to a time in autumn when you were sitting out on a deck with your family. Or you catch a, a whiff of lilacs and you think back to the weekend spring when the lilacs are actually in bloom and it's nice outside or you catch a whiff of what smells like your grandma's perfume. People can tell you how something smells, but without that combination and without being able to smell it, you aren't going to have the same effect. 
You can have candles that partially capture a smell as well, but it's not the same as having that burst of heat from the bread mixed with the smell, mixed with the love and pride that made it, and, and the texture of it. So when you mix that taste and that warmth and that smell and the texture in the kitchen, that is what brings you the experience, not just the image of it. Probably one of the clearest reflections of this was the movie Ratatouille when the critic flashed back to his mom making him Ratatouille to eat. But that movie was about rodents making food. So yes, the restaurant should have been shut down by the health inspectors. Rodents making food doesn't turn out well. They carry fleas, which carry the plague. And they have all sorts of hantaviruses and other nasty shit. If you see a rat in a chef's hat making lunch, don't stick around and eat it. I don't care what kind of French cuisine he's making. Hantaviruses are not something to play around with. So one cooking show I will watch on occasion if I get sucked into it is Martha Stewart's Cooking School. For some reason it comes in and it comes on and I'm a little drawn in. Probably because she coherently explains things and gives decent fucking advice. I mean, she goes overboard on the ingredients, but I can handle her being a bit overboard if you're really into food. I almost feel like cooking after an episode. Almost. And I also like the fact that she's not cutesy about it. It's, you know, she's not acting cute. She doesn't act like she's putting on a big fucking party at the end of the show for all of her paid extras. I mean, for all her friends and family. And she's not, she's not trying to make food sexy. <laughs> you know, let me mix up this flour, butter, and water until it sticks to my fingers like glue. They can get like super sticky and it'll pull off anything on my hands. Dirt, scabs, whatever debris you scratched off of various orifices on your body, band-aids, you name it, it's in that dough. I prefer seeing people wash their hands and not get E. coli from mishandling food. And seriously, if you're on a cooking show and your nails are painted, you don't know how much crap is under them. And it's probably its own living ecosystem, one I do not want to digest. I don't need to build up my immune system that much, I'll just get a flu shot. You know what? There is a cooking show I would watch. It would be a show where all the paid guests get sick because of all the food mishandling. There'd, there'd be someone who can make dishes that look like a dream, even taste pretty good, but are just completely incompetent when it comes to proper food handling. And, you know, just have a bunch of assistants who are friends and are just as bad or don't care or just really want to see what'll happen. And they bring the food out and it looks amazing and everyone starts to eat and then they cut. And then some or all of the extras get sick, kind of like Russian roulette with food. And then you can even go back and see where things went wrong. And you can have a medical team that comes in and handles everything like E. coli or salmonella, peanut allergies. They can cover it all. You can draw in the medical crowd with that show too. Two birds, one stone. And you can even have a storyline arc about the lawsuits being handled and swept under the rug. Just have a lawyer sitting there. So he threw up for two days straight. Well, he's an actor and he's trying to lose weight. We did your client a favor. Or, or, or it wasn't a chemical burn. It was a chemical peel. Just imagine how rejuvenated your skin will feel after those layers of dead skin have sloughed off. 
uh, have someone call in. What? Do we serve cabbage dishes? No, we don't fucking serve anything with cabbage in it. We have our issues as a cooking show, but we don't serve that pig slop, you vile, inhumane degenerate. Never infect my phone line with your calls again. See, that's a show I would watch. So in summary, I appreciate cooking. I hate cooking. Don't make me cook. Next week, I am going to be talking about a short video that you can see on Vimeo or YouTube called Rumble Seat and features music by the Sadies. Have a good night. <laughs>